Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm joined by my fellow running back partner, Alex Wong. Yeah, always a pleasure to speak with you about basketball. Describe the setting that we're currently recording in right now. Yeah, we're in the basement of an Airbnb in Quebec City, and Will has set us up at a ping pong table. We got to keep it cultural every time. Yeah, we've kept it really cultural. I mean, the running back episode is coming out. It should be out by the time you hear this. Shout out Kieran. Yeah, and this, uh, I hope they left all our Asian references in there. Uh, My well, favorite one was Chichat Express. <laughs> yo, yeah, well, explain that actually right now. We'll get to Chichat the... Chichat uh, Express is just, I guess, a cheaper way to ship things. Oh, or it's cheaper <laughs> than DHL? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow, yeah. all right. But you have to like go to the place and like input stuff into an Excel sheet to print out your own labels. That's it's fine. worth it though. That's fine. I'm doing. Yeah. I'm down with that. Look I'm up. Look that. up the location on Queens Key if you're in Toronto. Okay. All right. That's a real plug. Um, so we just uh, came back from watching the Raptors intra squad scrimmage, mm-hmm. which took place at Laval University. Um, first off, I mean, what are your what are your general thoughts? We're gonna go player by player, and mm-hmm. I mean player by player. We're gonna give you the analysis you need on Devin Robinson. Yeah, um, I don't know who that is. Yeah, all right. I thought you took notes, man. Yeah, I, I was uh, doing social, so I was a bit occupied. You like retweeted like three of my <laughs> tweets. All right, anyway, whatever. That's a cheat code. Um, yeah. What are your general thoughts after seeing Squad A versus Squad B? Yeah, well, I don't know. I, it's, you know, first of all, I thought the atmosphere was really good in the gym. You know, when we walked in, I think it was about um, an hour before the scrimmage you know it was already very packed getting into the gym yeah you know there's a lot of kids different people wearing raptors jerseys and things Mm -hmm. like that and when they introduced all the players and coaches you know a lot of them got really huge ovations including nick nurse um chris boucher obviously who got the biggest ovation honestly i think fred yeah fred was huge yeah yeah fred's a fan favorite though 
Oh yeah, like like Fred has cemented that status, and you know the atmosphere was great. Um, I know I know we're gonna go player by player, but Serge was really impressive. Okay, yeah. Um, I thought he really impressed. Um, Norm, not so much. Okay. <laughs> Terrence Davis made his own mixtape. Uh, oh, let's coming to Yahoo Sports. Yo, Kieran's Kieran's making the mixtape as we speak right now, man. <laughs> yeah. He's so up- those are those are the things that stood out to me. But I mean, it was a scrimmage. You know, the guys looked a little sluggish to start. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. You know, Matt Thomas made his first shot from uh, approximately thirty feet. These, these are all your notes, man. You're giving it. You're giving it up in the first uh, yeah, two no, minutes of I'm, the podcast. I'm done. Yeah, that's it. The yeah. rest of it's gonna be. I'm me, gonna need, I'm gonna need the the roster list because uh, there's like seven players. Like Serge crossed up a guy who I did not even. I did not know who he was, and you had to tell How, me. Don't disrespect Saga about Kanata. Yeah, I'm, recovering from a knee injury. And yeah, you today, you, he you tweeted about him the other day. I thought you made a typo. No, no, no. I thought no. it was a double autocorrect. No, no, that's his. That's his. That's his name, man. Yeah, he was. So. Uh, he's he's from Mali. He was speaking to the French media. This guy's really trying to get his Blake Murphy on this season. I, I don't know, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's, this guy's really still follow, whole career following Blake's Blake path, Murphy. you know? It's been a whole career of trying to follow Blake Murphy. Um, all right. What so, about you? What about you? I agree with you, man. Um, I guess in terms of relative expectations, we'll go with the guys that impressed us the most first. Sure. You mentioned um, – well, you mentioned Terrence Davis. Yes, we just had Terrence Davis for an interview that we, I released on this podcast feed as a short, um, you know, interview. It was about nine minutes. We sort of talked about Terrence and, you know, his uh, basically his upbringing and, you know, history of playing football, going through the draft process, things like that, and also his connection with a couple of guys on the team. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of relative to expectations, right, you do, there's a lot of rookies on this team, and you look at it, um, and – out of all those guys, Terrence is like head head and shoulders over everyone else. I, I would say Matt Thomas is number two. No, but but I would agree with you. But, like, but it's Terrence, like a clear one. When you look at Terrence, a, like he he looks like he can be an NBA player, and I think that's the best compliment you can give a guy who went undrafted, yeah, yeah, yeah. and got signed to a contract, right? Like yeah. he looked comfortable out there. He had an eight nothing run by himself in the first quarter mm-hmm. for um, the two teams, which I guess I should outline who the two teams were. So. I thought it was a little unbalanced because, um, you know, on one side you got Fred, you got Pascal, you got Serge, and you got Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas. Right. Who I thought were five of the best players on the floor. Yep. Maybe not Pascal, but we'll talk about it in a sec. But those are, qualitatively speaking, very, very good players. And on the other end, it was led by, like, Norm. Yeah. Patrick McCaw. OG. OG. Boucher. And that's about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Stanley Johnson, who didn't really do much. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So... I thought the teams were a little bit unbalanced, um, and so I think obviously you know the team, the, the the first team I mentioned, Team Black, had like actual a better chance, a, mm-hmm. a better roster construction. But at the same time, I thought even despite the fact that he was playing with a lot of really good players, Terrence really just shined in terms of mm-hmm. his confidence. Um, rose up for three, was very confident with those. We've sort of seen it throughout. I mean, um, not all the players are still working out in the gym by the time the reporters are led into training camp, but every single time. Terrence Davis, um, I think four out of four days that I've been here, he's always been staying late in the shooting uh, drill with usually Isaiah Taylor. And, I mean, he's it, his jump shot looks good, man. His jump shot looks really good. looks really solid. And he can make a couple plays. Like, he had a, he had a really, really good transition dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, all these highlights we're going to reference, they will come out on a highlight tape. So just look out for that from Yahoo Sports Canada. It's probably going to come out on YouTube or Twitter or you'll see it. it'll be on social we'll release it tomorrow but for now um yeah Terrence had that great dunk he, I mean uh, he just looks 
he looks solid and poised, doesn't look shook out there. And defensively, I thought he looks really solid too. You know? Yeah, and Nick pointed him out in the post game, you know, talking about how explosive his game is and, you know, how he's big, strong, fast, quick. And those are the things that's going to allow him to stay on the floor. And the one thing that Nick, I think, keeps hammering is that he wants these new players to, to learn how to play yeah. the way that the Raptors want them to play within the offensive and the defensive system, right? Right, right. And, you know, one of the things Nick was talking about, too, was that Terrence really has the ability to be a good, maybe even really good on-ball defender. Yeah. Like, obviously, that's not going to come overnight. But, you know, it does sound like, you know, the, the team is pretty high on him. You know, I'm curious to see, especially, you know, they still have got the actual preseason to play, how things are going to play out. Where do you see Terrence maybe starting the season? Because I know there's expectations that he'd probably start at 9.05. Like, do you think mm-hmm. it's possible, like, he could be on the roster? Well, I'll say this. Um, just because, especially with all young guys, you never want to hand it to them that quickly, especially guys who are undrafted. There's just sort of a way you got to go through things, right? Even though one guy might be better than another guy. There is a hierarchy to be respected. It's like any other company, right? Just because you come in and you're better than one guy that's been there for 10 years, you're not immediately taking his job. Well, corporate analogies, eh? No, but for real. It's yeah, the no, same, it's the same way, right? So, they have to earn it, right? Yeah, for sure. It. And so I think what happens is he probably starts a year in the G League. I actually talked to Terrence, um, uh, and I sort of asked him, you know, has Nick talked to you about the G League? He has said probably not, but he kind of expects, like, yeah, it's probably going to be a least, at least a little bit of a stint with the 905. And I think by the year's end, you'll see Terrence sort of, join the team and be sort of a 10th to 11th man. I think he's already in this, in this stage of his career, I think he's already ready for a bigger role than that. Because if I compare him to someone like Pat McCaw, for example, I'm like, I, I don't even notice. Did you notice Pat McCaw today? Other than the fact no, that like, had, like I, I Danny only, Green hair. I only ever remember Pat McCaw's on the team when someone brings him up. Yeah. And it's usually a meme, right? But like, <laughs> You know, like, I already think he can do a little bit more than that. But at the same time, like, you need to just earn your way up. Um, I, there is an opportunity because Nick has sort of talked repeatedly about the fact that they are trying to develop him first as a point guard, which makes sense. Because if you look at the depth of point guard on this team, it's not really there. And the two guys that are obviously in Kyle and Fred, who are going to be playing most of the point guard minutes, if not all of them, they're also both impending free agents. So you need to have someone in the pipeline and they're probably just going to try to turn Terrence into a one, whereas, you know, he's sort of a combo guard. He played a lot of two at Ole Miss, had a coaching change, then played a little bit more one. So he's still a little bit new to the position. He's not necessarily the best playmaker just yet. But, um, but yeah, I think throughout the course of the season, he's going to – if he does really well in the 905, and chances are pretty good that guys like Isaiah Taylor or Cameron Payne, who are basically in contention for the third point guard spot, they're probably going to hold it down for the whole season. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, I think Terrence probably comes in and towards the end of the year. Then you're not upsetting the apple cart. You're letting the man earn this position. And um, I don't even think there's a big rush to, you know, anoint him just yet anyway, right? Yeah, no, and I think you're right. Like, there's a spot there because yeah. if you assume that maybe Fred and Norm are going to split the starting shooting guard minutes and then you look down the list, like, who's their backup point guard? Like, you, you're talking about guys like McCall. Yeah. And like Cameron Payne. So there's actually a spot there that's like available like this season. And and you're probably right. Like that's not something that he's going to take on opening night. And there's obviously going to be things that he's he needs to develop. But like just from early signs from like one week of training camp and the scrimmage tonight, I think all the signs are pointing in the right direction. And that's good. Okay. So it's pretty clear by this point that uh, I have taken to the 
Terrence Davis propaganda for United Sports Canada. <laughs> yeah. You have already established very early on that Matt Thomas propaganda is what you do. <laughs> so um, how satisfied were you to see Matt Thomas today, who first shot of the game, he comes into the game, doesn't yeah. really get a couple possessions. Teammates kind of froze him out a little bit. Okay, but, freeze yeah. him out. Relax, yeah. guys. Scrimmage, okay. prop- scrimmage propaganda. Yeah, okay. It, it was like Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, all-star okay. game levels. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so the man wasn't getting open, so he didn't get the ball. Um, but in a transition play, Pascal pushes the break, turns around, flips it to Matt, who's trailing the play. Matt immediately pulls up from 30 feet out. Splash. How much pride did you feel? Oh, it was for great. your man. Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, it's it's a moment I've been waiting for. Um, but he missed his next shot, though. Which, which <laughs> yeah, don't means, say that, man. Which means that now he needs to make his next 98 to be on a 99 out of 100 pace. But we did see, like, you know, when he was guarding Norm or some other guys, you can see why it might be tough for him mm. to be on the floor mm-hmm. because, you know, he he's definitely could be a liability on the other end. Right. But, you know, like like – Terrence and with Matt too, you know, if these guys can can shoot and, yeah. and be out there to space the floor, I think there will be a, an opportunity at some point during the season for them to really work themselves into the rotation. Yeah, and this team needs shooting, man. Based on what I saw today, they need guys who can shoot. Um, Fred can shoot. Dewan can shoot. Yeah, we Kyle should mention that. Shoot, we we should mention that Kyle and Mark didn't play. Yeah, um, yeah. So they're both recovering. Um, there's a mini would, Kyle controversy that, that's controversy, brewing, but uh, don't no, introduce the whole team. Like they called out everybody on the coaching staff. Mark, Mark came out was part of that. Yeah. 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 So they got all the whole coaching staff and then every single player. And then it was like Marcus all and Marcus all came out in sweats. He's not playing yet. And then it was like, all right, we're going to play. And it's like, no Kyle. Yeah. But um, apparently Kyle's in the building. I didn't yeah. see him. Did you see him? No, but it's he was in a the lot building. of the media members are saying that he was. Where do you think he was in the building? It's a pretty big facility here at. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Peps. Maybe he was playing volleyball outside. Yeah, at one of the outside courts. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, great, was, great maybe, facility. Maybe he went for a swim. Shout out to Laval facilities. Like yeah, they've man. got all it, the sports covered. It's beautiful here, man. There's, uh, there's like a bunch of tennis courts, a, a racetrack. Yeah, you know, elite facility. I I am I actually legitimately curious where Kyle was at. Yeah, like, situated. Maybe he was building. negotiating his legacy contract. I don't know. Anything's yeah, well, possible. Yeah, wasn't there either. So, uh, yeah. anyways, we all need because we, we saw Bobby Webster at halftime. No, okay. We all need storylines. So, yeah, yeah. So, my whatever. sister apparently reported that he saw Masai at the passport office today in Toronto. But my sister also said that what Kawhi signed. What kind of reporting is this? Yeah, my sister also said that Kawhi was definitely signing with the Raptors three days before he signed with the Clippers. So, wow. Yeah, she has been eliminated as as a reliable source. Damn. Yeah. Um. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Kyle Lowry. So, yeah, no no markets all, no Kyle Lowry. But one thing about Kyle Lowry before we move on, because we want to talk about the players that actually played. Um, so, Nick was asked about it after the game. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, it's, well, I wasn't Kyle out there, and he's, you know, and uh, when you expect him to be back. And he said, probably after the Japan trip, which to me seems like Kyle might be trying to get his way out of that Japan trip. I'm not saying I'm not saying someone will be someone as Kyle will be as devious as to avoid a completely needless and very very arduous short trip to it's, Japan. It's a veteran move, though. Yeah, it's but, a veteran uh, move. If we don't see Kyle playing in the two preseason games in Japan, uh, I wouldn't be entirely shocked. That's what I, I'm saying. If he's not ready to play and if he's not clear to practice and things like that, I actually mm. don't think he needs to go. Here's my question to you, though. Oh man, is this like a Japan question? No. <laughs> What's your favorite anime? No, I'm kidding. Who's your favorite Japanese player? 
My favorite Japanese player. Is this the question for me? No, 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 it's not. <laughs> I was just trying to. I was trying to get you to say that you interviewed Utah Watanabe earlier right, today. Yeah. You were literally on the phone with him. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I love all the tangents that we're going. This is what happens in preseason and like training camp. Yeah, we need is, real storylines. This is this is why we have video editors so we can cut out like the twenty five minutes that our actual show is into ten. Look for running back. Um, no, but uh, my question to you is: If Kyle had the stump injury that obviously he played through in the playoffs and played really well on it despite the fact that it was really jammed up if he needed surgery this whole time why did he get surgery later in july and now he's not at training camp presumably due to the thumb yeah i think that's a fair question because you know you you have the injury yep you have time to celebrate and obviously you know go he went to thing. a few days of team usa camp mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah yeah and then you know yeah, and then he had surgery. So we've seen saying. this before with Kyle too, right? Like we had mentioned the yeah, 2017 All Star All Star game, right? He had an injury and he participated in the three point shootout. Oh, I forgot that. Oh man, and also played in the game, and then missed like I think the next two months. That's when Kyle Lowry turned the six upside down and put a nine in the three point contest. That was that was. Whew. Don't worry, Matt Thomas will fix that this season. Um, I hope so. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. Kyle has always been a little bit. I don't know. Polarizing might be kind of strong, but I think Kyle has always gone his own way. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, it's not a surprise. At the same time, you know, I think it's worth talking about, but sure. I'm not sure it's a huge deal. Right. I mean, think about last season. I mean, remember the whole first half of the season we were talking about how, you know, surly Kyle was, and he gave that interview with Rachel Nichols yep. Um, yep. where he clearly stated that, yeah, you know, Masai and I are just player and, and general manager. Yeah, like and and then they won the finals, and, and then, then they Kyle won the Lowry championship. Saved them from yeah. the the cop. That saved them from them. the cop, and they had the hardest embrace that I've ever yes. seen. Hardest on court embrace. Think, I'm surprised no one got injured. I, I think that's why Kyle had surgery. Masai hugged him too hard. So I mean, we've we've had yeah, we've had these Kyle storylines before, and to be honest, I'd be more stressed if it was a situation like last year where you're integrating a player like Kawhi, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, realizing yeah. that there's a one-year window. This year's like, like I, whatever, man. I don't know about you yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, this season's not a write-off, but, you know. It's the, a bridge year. The, yeah, it's yeah, a bridge yeah. year. The, the pressure is high. The pressure is off. Um, you know, it definitely does not feel as intense. Like, there's the urgency is not there to yeah. win a championship this year or whatever it may be. Yeah. So... I don't know. I think, you know, Kyle's been here long enough. Masai's made his comments about Kyle's legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kyle will continue to be Kyle, and he'll probably show up on opening night and have a huge game. Yeah, for sure. It's just a little weird that they went through a whole training camp. Uh, you know, they Kyle was not you know, was just not made available. He was around the team and stuff, but whatever. Let's not talk about Kyle. Kyle's going to be fine. He's gonna, it was yeah. not a real controversy. It was just a little strange that he didn't play show up. Yeah. Um, other guys that uh, stood out to me. Serge Ibaka. Oh man, now, you called him Hake- you called him Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, no, I was gonna say he did look like Hakeem in a couple <laughs> plays because he had you know he like basically dropped Sagaba Kanate to the ground. Again, not sure if it's an actual player, but that's a real guy. He's yeah. on the Raptors. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'll preface this by saying he was playing against two rookies. Sure. And Kanate, and he mostly matched up with Dewan Hernandez. So you know you expect a veteran to get his way. But, like, Serge was dominating these guys. Yeah, and he was taking it seriously, right? It was vicious. Yeah, he was taking it seriously. It's so easy for a guy like him, like yeah. a vet, to just not really take a scrimmage. Yeah, 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 That seriously. And it seems like Serge has been really locked in Yep. during training camp. I think Nick's mentioned that, too. 
And, yeah. you know. He went eight for eight on the uh, contested shooting three drill. Yeah, that was a team record, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently. You can't be, do better than 100%. And he was asked yesterday, you know, that someone tried to make a joke about, you know, he was he talked about going out to different restaurants. And obviously with his successful cooking show, he was asked whether he got in the kitchen. And he was like having none of the jokes. He was yeah. like, I'm not here for cooking. I'm here for basketball. I'm a serious human. Yeah. No, he's a serious... He's a serious dude, you know. He is. He is like Sur- Serge. Very will- <laughs> silly sometimes, but also very serious most Surge of the time. Serge will be silly on his own terms. Yeah, that's Serge. Like the minute that you treat him like a silly person, mm. like he'll remind you. Like, yeah, I choked Marquise Chris last season. Like, <laughs> like this is an actual thing that happened. <laughs> like, Yo. let's not forget. Like, let's not forget how intense he is, like, on the basketball court, Just because right? y'all got cameras around doesn't mean I won't do this to you guys. Yeah, like, just because he, like, went behind his back and dribbled around like DeMarcus Cousins in the finals oh my doesn't God. mean it's all fun and games now. Yeah, know? so but essentially what we're saying is finals Serge Ibaka showed up in the scrimmage today. Yes. And kind of just, like, bossed everybody. He didn't even play that many minutes, but, I mean, there was, like, nobody could stop him. Yeah. Um, I like one specific sequence where um, the play was a little bit ragged. Terrence Davis had the ball. And Serge kind of just yelled at him. It was like, yo, give me the ball. You know what I mean? Like, let's run the play. You know what I mean? And to the, to the rookie. And, like, you know, some might see it as a little aggressive. But I, I thought it was just like, that's, that's what you should do as a vet. Exactly. That's You're supposed leadership. to teach the young guys how to play. And you he had I mean? one play where I think he drove to the basket. And he had a really good pass to Pascal in the corner. Oh, yeah, of yeah, three. yeah, yeah. And like that was right s- after he crossed up Kanate. Yeah. Like, he dropped him. Again, you can see, actually, this one's already out. So you can see it on It is the, out. Yeah, with sports can the Twitter account. The thing with Surge too is we saw a little bit of that playmaking come out. Yep. In the playoffs yeah, yeah, yeah. last season. And, you know, he's not gonna suddenly become like Magic Johnson or something, but mm. I think just adding a little bit of that to his game. Yeah. And I think the bigger point too is, you know, we talk about all these guys in, in contract years, you know, aside from the fact that they're probably motivated by everyone writing them off even though they're champions, mm. there's just naturally a motivation to perform well. In a contract year. And I think that's big for Serge, especially because he knows that he doesn't have a starting spot locked down. Yeah. Like, he's probably going to be coming off the bench a lot. Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, man, I mean, like, you know. We've seen that Mark we, and Serge can play together as well. I was so. going to say, like, they're going to play a lot of Pascal at three, it seems like, because Nick is really concerned about what he's going to do in the wing. He keeps talking about, well, I don't have that many options on three. You know what I mean? So... That's probably the impetus before playing Pascal at three, even more than his development. Is just like I need a guy who can play yeah. three, and I don't necessarily agree three, with that. But that's like a different conversation, I guess. Well, okay. Then the other guy that could play a lot of three is OG, right? Yeah, and who threw one down on our guy search. I was gonna say OG had it was a little bit up and down, but he had some very good moments, um, including that one where he two handed dunk on Sergio Baca. That one you can also find on Iowa Sports Canada. We're the only people there with cameras. Shout out Ahmed. The guy, the guy was shot, shot the whole game. Shout out Kieran too, man. Yeah, shout out Kieran, man. Damn. My guy. Clip this one too. Kieran. If you see him, give him a vegan. Give him a vegan Red Bull. Clip this clip of yourself, Kieran. Okay, he's not doing that. He's <laughs> he's gonna sleep like fourteen hours tonight and miss the flight tomorrow. Um, no, OG had a. I thought OG in terms of just um, the type of game that he was playing. You know, the thing is like. Because the way the teams are, the two teams are stacked, um, I felt like the best two point guards were on one side. On the other side, it was Norman mm-hmm. Powell chucking shots. So, like, OG had nobody creating for him. Right. And, like, in most situations, OG would be the guy who um, would 
finish plays. He's not necessarily creating a lot. But, like, you know, he, he showed a little bit of play creation on his own today. You know, dribbled to the basket, you know. Yeah. Dri- Still looks a little awkward, like you pointed out. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. He, he, he just, I It'll don't know take why time. he moves like that, but, yeah. like, he's very strong. I thought he was very physical in the lane. He had a really good block, and I think he did the best he could, really. It kind of reminded me a little bit of OG in Summer League um, two years ago where, mm. you know, he was given a lot of freedom to basically try whatever, and he failed a lot, but he also showed a little bit, too, so. I think for more than anything else, my takeaway from OG in training camp is that he definitely is in a better mood. Um, his body has slimmed down. I don't know if that's because he, you know, literally uh, had to have an appendectomy. Mm-hmm. So that might have, like, sapped him his, his appetite at least for a while. Um, but, yeah, he looks really good. He looks really sharp. And, like, in the shooting drills, man was knocking everything down. Like, he's he, – he's, he's like no propaganda, he was knocking everything. Yeah, down. yeah. This is not a Matt Thomas ninety nine percent thing. This is like you know OG Inobi will shoot, you know could probably shoot like thirty eight percent from three, which is all we're asking him to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So no, I think when he's healthy, um, he's a functional starting small forward in this league. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think that's established at this point. So it's just a matter of I think a lot of people want to put expectations on him. Yep. And want him to be that second star alongside Pascal. So. Yeah, he's not going to do that. We'll see. He just doesn't have that kind of scoring touch. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're going to be completely honest mm-hmm. about the whole thing. But at the same time, um, if you want to know more about OG Anobi, I actually just did a whole video with him at Media Day where yeah. I asked him. Well, the final cut of the video had 25 questions. I asked him probably close to 40. Yeah, even the 25 um, only turned into a three minute video. Again, yeah. when you get assigned OG Anobi to interview for like. Uh, Five minutes. Yeah. You need to prepare yeah. fifty questions. Yeah, who told you least? that? Yeah. yeah, you did. And I <laughs> and I saw your question. I saw your question. I just I just want to continue to get credit for a part of Will's career as it continues to rise. So yeah, well, you know, yeah. um, you've been holding me down on Uber Eats this week, though. So yeah, it's yeah, that's that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you can watch that video on. Man, YouTube. we're plugging a lot of content. I guess we have been. Providing a comprehensive coverage. This is what we call a ten pole coverage. All right, yeah, wow. ten pole, and then everything's in the ten. Anyway, wow. ten cent. Uh, all right, shout out ten cent. Um, another guy that looked really impressive to me, Fred, who yes, only got in the scrimmage wearing pants. Yeah, flex. He was wearing yeah, joggers. Yeah. He was wearing joggers. You know, sweatpants. Yeah, that's a flex. Yeah, that's a flex. And and yeah, he played well. I mean, I don't know. I think this is just what we expect from Fred, right? Another guy, great, a, another guy on a contract year too. Yeah, and another guy who has stated explicitly many yep. times that he wants to be a starter. Yep, and I think the spot is there for him. Someone might have wrote two thousand words on this too. Check, yeah. my, check, check my Twitter account. The tent pole coverage <laughs> I'm, continues. I'm you, man. I, 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 what I'm, have we not covered? Yeah, you're, I'm seriously. We have covered a lot yeah. of people, um, but Fred in particular. So in this game, um, one stretch obviously that was that really stood out was to end um, the first half. Fred coming down two for one opportunity comes off the high screen pull up from let's say like twenty eight feet and then next play down limited shot clock comes down hits another three same scenario pull up pretty good defense both times like McCaw's pretty good as a, def- a defender at least um, but Fred just you know no fear I thought he had a really nice um, spinning reverse finish over Chris Boucher mm-hmm. which for a guy in Fred who's like not even six foot to finish over a guy like Boucher who's extremely long that's not easy to do. Um, and yeah, I just, I just like Fred's poise, man. Uh, and, and Fred, you know, I think cause he carries himself a little bit like a veteran. Like we forget, like yeah, yeah. he's still a really young guy. He's 25. Yeah. yeah. Like I think there's still development there. Sure. Obviously, you know, I think 
the one thing that we saw as, as like a flaw, whatever you want to call it in the playoffs is, you know, like you said, he's six feet, right? Like sometimes against larger guards, it, mm-hmm. it might be a challenge on both ends of the floor. But, yep. you know, this is also a guy who showed out in the finals, showed out against the Bucks. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I think he's ready to have a huge year. Yeah. And I'll, if it's a battle between – if it's like kind of like whatever, quote-unquote, battle between him and Norm mm-hmm. for the starters' minutes, like, you know. Like yeah. They, you got to give the edge to Fred so far. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Norm in a second. He was, mm, I mean, probably the least impressive player there, I guess. Um, which is not – I mean, obviously, it's just one practice. It's not a big deal. But, yeah, a little bit disappointed. Um, another guy that I liked in terms of just, like, generally what I saw – was Isaiah Taylor, which is kind of surprising. You're already shaking your head. You're like, sure. <laughs> All right. I'll yeah, do that. Take, take, take the lead on this. Yeah. Okay. So the profile on Isaiah Taylor, who is sort of battling Cameron Payne for like uh, the third point guard minutes right now. Um, so he sort of bounced around a little bit. He hasn't really fully cracked the NBA yet. Um, apparently he's very fast. Uh, he defends pretty doggedly. And, um, you know, he just doesn't really have, like, the jumper down pat. But today, he was hitting jumpers. And when he has that part in this game down, he looks like a very solid contributor. Like, he hit, you know, a couple uh, – three corner threes, you know. And one play I really liked was that in the fourth quarter there, like, nothing's on the line. Literally nothing's on the line. But he, you know, bodies up on campaign, completely just pressures him, gets right into him. Like, it's like, you know, Fred VanVleet versus Steph Curry in the finals or something. And then – um <laughs> And then, put, and then forces Payne into a travel. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We can put aside Cameron Payne jokes. Okay, yeah, whatever. He's not very good. But, like, still, I like that competitiveness out of him. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want that position, go get it. Like, the guys they're competing with is right there. Mm-hmm. Go do what you can. Show what you can do defensively. And I thought Taylor today, like, he was pretty solid. He's pretty solid. He had a, a bunch of threes. And, again, he played on the much more talented team. So, it, it does sort of help him. I thought he had way better service in terms of just, like, people passing to him and stuff. But, um I like I like you know I like what I saw I like what I saw I'm still not convinced he's gonna be the guy but you know if it's between him and Payne I'd probably go with him. Well, that's the type of things that'll jump out for the coaching staff too, right? Like you know if, if you're fighting yeah. for just like a third point guard spot or whatever it is, you just need a guy that's out there for like a three minute stretch or something and just be good on the defensive end. And if he can be that, you know it's funny I'm looking at the roster like a lot of the guys that we signed in the off season as kind of reclamation projects or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Like yep. Stanley Johnson, Rondé. Yeah. Um, you know, I would put Pat McCon there too, you know, yeah, resigning he's him. A reclamation um, project. Like we you know, didn't didn't really I mean it wasn't a really, massive haul, you know. Didn't really hear much from them in today's scrimmage. Yeah. Let's talk about some of those guys. So like what what did Stanley Johnson show you today? Stanley Johnson was out there. Yeah. Beyond that? Yeah. Didn't really see too much. Yeah, uh, he had a couple drives to the rim. I'm like, okay. And again, that's an, that's shots. another guy with like a really good camp could work his way into the conversation yeah. of a starting starting yeah. spot. Well, yeah. I mean, I think what's what's difficult for some of these guys is that they're coming into a new offense, mm-hmm. and so it's hard to sort of um, get into the rhythm of things immediately. And you can definitely tell like how comfortable Fred is in making the reads, how comfortable Serge is making the reads, Pascal, you know. Um, I'm gonna leave Norm out of it because oh my god, Norm! What are you? What were you doing today, man? He, Norm, I think he had like a three for twenty-one game. It was yeah. Norm's gonna be Kobe this year. He was, Norm's gonna have a seven for thirty-three game this year. Okay, thirty-three is a lot, man. You gotta as a, coaching, as a coaching staff. I hope you pull him by the time he gets to thirty-three. But um, double we're, overtime. We're not talking about Dwayne Casey coaching that uh, Rudy Gay and Demar Derozan combo. Wow. That one. 
Went to overtime against the Rockets and lost. We should point out, too, that like a lot of these guys will probably benefit from playing with Kyle and Mark. Oh, definitely. Like, like, like the, they're the two best passers on yeah, the team. Yeah, the two and they best there. facilitators and creators on the team. You think Kyle and Mark were both going to be on the, the white team? Because that would have yeah. helped even. Because it was so embarrassing because, like... It, I think the black team were up 25 by the end of the third quarter, and they were just like magically. They, just they adjusted changed. the score, so the scoreboard said 72 to 72. Yeah, like, yeah. Yikes, that's bad. Man, if I was a fan, I'd be upset. Yeah, I'm here to watch a real scrimmage. Okay. Yeah. I, I've had a really funny that uh, the fan, bes- the, the two media people beside us, who I don't recognize who they are, whatever. Yeah, I think they were local media. Sure. Um, yeah, you were going to say that they cheered after one of the squads made a Yeah, basket. and I'm like, are you <laughs> are you rooting team. for a specific squad? <laughs> yeah. They're the same team. It's like, like, like what are you, Will Lou? Yeah. Will Lou in the playoffs? I did some broadcasting. <laughs> no. Yo, the IG Lives, I did some broadcasting today. <laughs> yeah, yo, 10-pole coverage is real, man. Um, Will Lou was getting, what was it, your periscope? <laughs> I, I had the, I was trying to do the periscope thing. Will Lou brought I, the I selfie I couldn't stick. do it for the whole game. That was not allowed, but, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Um... Again, you'll see the highlights of this coming out soon. But, um, yeah, so the other guys. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see much from Stanley Johnson. I don't think he asserted himself too much. I think it's a little bit awkward for him. I, I think he you – know, it takes a little bit of time to make decisions with the ball. He likes to sort of survey a little bit. Um, you know, kind of the same. I mean, I don't think the Raptors are getting a finished product at all on Stanley Johnson. So that's something that he's got to work in. I feel like if he gets more experience with the offense, he'll look a little bit better. Uh, Pat McCaw is kind of the same stuff. Like, I don't understand why Pat McCaw keeps coming into the game and then disappearing. That That's really like what? that's really Pat McCaw. Like, why don't you come out and, like, try to seize the opportunity? You know what yeah, I mean? You look but at Pat McCaw, he has, like, all the makings comes. of a guy who could be, like, a good NBA player. But then he just, like, doesn't assert himself on the game. Yeah. Like, the only time you really notice him is when he pressures on defense. Like, he was the point guard for the team, and, like, it's hard as a point guard to not be noticed on offense. Mm-hmm. And he really wasn't noticed because he's, you know. So, so what, what, that's all you can really say about that. Dewan Hernandez, you know, had a couple nice finishes. Um, I like his athleticism. You know, he ripped the rebound at one point and took it the length of the floor for a layup. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, Malcolm Miller had a couple nice windmill dunks. In- <laughs> Are you talking <laughs> about the layup line? Yo, come on. Yo, you want Temple coverage? Wow. He's on a we need to talk, cover huh? all of it. Yeah. yeah, he did have some windmill dunks in, in, in the warm-up <laughs> line and uh, hit some corner threes. You know, yeah. it's Malcolm Miller. We've seen him many years now in a row. The Raptors want to keep him. They can keep him. They don't want to keep him. Whatever. Um, Rondé. Rondé was a mixed bag because he did some okay. good things, but he also looked just terrible shooting a basketball. Yeah. And you were saying that – what did Nick say about his shooting earlier this week? Yeah, I've never heard a coach when asked about – players who are limited shooters because coaches will always be there to like hype you up and you know or at least sign a political way to saying it if like, it's open shoot it like, yeah, yeah yeah keep like, shooting we yeah, want him to keep shooting yeah, we yeah. trust him you know what i mean yeah. but in the in the in, you know in the locker room was like never shoot but he was like honestly we're not looking for shooting on a ronde we we're gonna put him in that dunker spot sort of where ben simmons was for the whole entire playoffs against the raptors and he could just wait there you know we got big seconds shoot like chris boucher much better shooter than him so Boucher can be outside, he can be on the inside. He's crafty down low. And he kind of is crafty down low, but also, like, that he just can't shoot. And, like, we were watching them again, we're going back to the warm-up line, but, like, when you watch him shoot, what, I mean, obviously you, you, the warm-up line can be deceptive or whatever, but the way he shoots, the ball can go anywhere. Yeah. Like, it can go at any point. Yeah, there's no, like, consistent form. Yeah. It looks like he's shot-putting the ball. <laughs> it, yeah. you know it's, it's just unfortunate I think Rondé's another player there's probably a lot of players on this Raptors team like all the guys we just named like 
in a particular five-man unit, maybe coming off the bench, if they can find some kind of consistency with five guys, mm-hmm. you know, a lineup that has shooting and has defense, like there's definitely value to someone like him. Sure. But, man, you know, I think that's going to be the challenge for Nick, right? Yeah. Of finding balance, you know, bench mob, you know, like whatever you want to call it. Like finding yeah. some kind of bench mob, maybe bench mob be- part I, I, part three, part two. I missed the bench mob. Yeah. Man. Remember, Bucks had bench mob T-shirts last year. Oh, and they had the bootleg, um, <laughs> the the outdoors, the Jurassic Park. The oh deer, yeah, 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 Deer Park, <laughs> Deer Park. Man, listen. And they got swept. Everybody want to be the Raptors. We're really just gonna reminisce about last season for like the next twenty five years. We're gonna, we're gonna like the Raptors' fiftieth anniversary will will just. Be the same as this year, yeah. the 25th anniversary. Mo P's still coming to that. Yeah. <laughs> you think if they ask Kawhi to come for like a 50th anniversary, yeah, if he'll like show up for like a ovation at center court. Well, do if we, if we do it, if we hold it in L.A., yeah, sure. We'll I also that. realize one thing: it's going to be really weird when you go to a Raptors home game this season and you see a lot of Demar and Kawhi jerseys. It's all part of the history, man. They're really both gone. It's all part of the histories. Um, who else? Yeah, I, I thought, okay, to the point with Rondé, in complete fairness to him, obviously he's not brought here to be expected to shoot. But I think what he does well is, like, he fills in the other parts of the game, mm-hmm. right? So, like, he defends well. He pushes the ball up well. He passes the ball well. You know what I mean? And, like, he kind of makes not smart decisions, but he, like, um, he sort of dials up the intensity of a game to the point where he can make things happen just with his hustle. And I like that about him. I thought, like, even Nick singled them out. It was like, he had a good game. And I was like, eh, not really. Yeah. But, like, he does say enough things where, again, you just got to bring the structure around him. He's definitely an imperfect player. Yeah. But he can do some things. And I think defensively, um, you know, he's more impactful there. And it was interesting. He played a lot of four. Occasionally kind of played five, too. So, you know, all right. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of lineup combinations this season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot. Um, oh, yeah, one guy that uh, did impress me that we didn't mention earlier, Chris Boucher. I thought he finished really well around the basket. A yeah. lot of dunks. Yeah, folk hero, too, around these parts, you know? Yep, definitely. Montreal, Quebec. Yeah, what do you expect from Chris Boucher? He still does not pass up a single shot. <laughs> yeah, he could pass a little bit more, man. He could pass a little bit more. But, um, I mean, it just is what it is with him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying he's completely capped out at this level. But, like, one of the French reporters, you know, asked Nick one of these days of, like, hey, what does uh, Boucher need to do to, like, make the team? And he was like, you know, better timing on blocks and finishing better around the rim. And I'm thinking, like, what do you want Nick to say? Like, he kind of is what he is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sometimes those things. He's a like, bench guy. Yeah, players just either have it or don't. He he can yeah. be on the team. He can contribute. He can play NBA minutes. He can even put up numbers. But he's a little bit like Bebe. In a way, whereas like you never really start him, and you if you were even relying on him as, as a bench guy, like you're not really sure that you're gonna, you know, um, get something productive. Out oh of yeah, him like it, like in a high level game, like he would really stand out as like the worst player on the court if he's out there, right? In a high level, and we're talking yeah. about a high level playoff yeah. level game, like he wouldn't make the floor. But I mean, he does do things, like he can hit an open three. He can finish around the basket, which is important. The finish around the basket needs to be a little bit better. He needs to just be stronger with it. But ultimately, he's like a really skinny, like, just too skinny to be, a, a, like, a front court player. Yeah. Like, you need certain things like rebounding, boxing out. You need to, like, be able to hold people up in the post. And, like, I'm just looking at him like, you know, is that really there for him? Yeah. You yeah. know, I think I guess that's the theme for the Raptors this season. There's a lot of guys. Kind of imperfect. A lot of guys like that. 
Um, some of the other guys, I mean, O'Shea Brissett, pretty athletic, you know, makes things happen. He's probably not going to be with the uh, Raptors this year, probably go to 905. Uh, Sagaba Kanate. Yep. Yep. He's, he's got a knee brace on. He's still recovering from his knee thing, so I'm not expecting him to be, like, tip-top shape. And he didn't really look at like out there, so, you know, that's all I said about there. Devin Robinson, off, also probably not going to be with the Raptors, just in for training camp, probably go to 905 maybe. Um, real skinny, like McCall-level skinny, except he's 6'8", and he mm-hmm. plays in the front court. So if Boucher has problems with, with size, like – Robinson's definitely going to have problems with size. Maybe he could be a three because he's kind of quick off the dribble. He has crazy hops, but also can't shoot. So I'm not really sure there. And um, did we cover everybody? I think so. That's everybody. Yeah. So um, I don't know, man. In general, after watching this, how do you feel about the team? Um, you know, Are you still I, going with the number one, predi- number one <laughs> the seat prediction that's coming out and run it back? Honestly, I don't draw any. I'm not drawing any conclusions from this. It's a scrimmage. Oh, of course. Like, you know, I think, I think definitely, I'm keeping an eye on all, on all these guys that are fighting for spots for the rest of training camp. Like, I think at some point, I do want to see some things out of guys like Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Pat McCaw. Like mm-hmm. I think preseason is going to be a good chance for them yep. to to really show that. So, but I mean, again, no Kyle and Mark is a big thing, right? And, and some of the other core guys that we talked about, Serge looked good, Fred looked good. Yep. So you know, the core of the team will be what it is. I think. Yeah, I think Norm is, Norm is an interesting guy to me. Um, you know, I, th- I think Nick's talked him up a bit this week. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about Norm. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about. Okay, Norm, what's you know? going? We let's, estimated that he shot three for twenty-one. It, the shot selection was just poor, man. Yeah, it was poor. But like, that's Norm, though. I mean, were you surprised? Yeah. <laughs> really? It was. Well, I mean, I just thought after last season, he got so good at picking his spots. Yeah. And again, he can't pick your spots on a scrimmage for the most part, and you really can't pick your spots on a scrimmage where nobody else is on the mm. team is compassing to you. But at the same time. You don't have to take like half those shots. At least, like half those shots are bad shots. That's the thing with Norm, though. Like that's the danger of maybe you know getting more opportunities this season. It's good for some guys, might not be good for others. Man, yeah, that, I, that's that story with Norm. Like it's always been the consistency, that's true. right? That's it's true. the consistency. So yeah, and yeah, it's going to be a strange spot for these guys. Kind of you know, guys like Norm and OG had to take a step back last season, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of like, all right, you're back to where you were two years ago. So, are you more confident in OG or Norm? Oh, definitely OG. Yeah. Why? Because he can defend. I think because he, he can defend, and I think OG just kind of plays within like you know his capabilities. Right. Like you know, Norm can. I'm telling you, like Norm is the most Kobe guy on this team. Norm has a little Dion Waiters in him. <laughs> a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, Norm was at the wasn't Norm at the Mamba Academy this summer. So was OG, man. <laughs> yeah, but OG knows, like you know, I think OG just plays within like his capabilities, and then that's a big big difference. Kobe looks at OG film and he's like, "There's nothing you can take away from me. We're the most opposite players possible. Yeah. You're a three and D guy. I just take impossible shots that yeah. you will never take." What do you want me to say to you? No, I mean, I would love for Norm. I mean, Norm's one of those guys where it's like, maybe that's just who he is, right? Yeah. And also, you know, again, like the context here is not, was not set up for Norm to succeed. Sure. But, you know. Again, it's a scrimmage. It's a scrimmage. I'm not really disheartened or too impressed with anybody here, except for Terrence Davis. Yeah. And Serge. Serge Ibaka, man. And Serge, man. Serge is going to have a great year. 
No, Serge is locked in. Serge, yeah, I mean, listen, if Serge plays at the level he played uh, last season before the Marcus Salt trade, where he was averaging like 17 points a game, getting eight rebounds, getting a block and a half, shooting 50%, he's on an expiring year. The Raptors get a first first round pick from that, protected? Yeah, maybe. You know? Yeah. No, it's possible. I okay. mean, the the whole league is going to be wide open too, right? So Yeah. A lot you, of teams you would assume surge. you would assume teams would want some of those a guy like Serge. A lot of teams would use could use Serge, yeah, you know. So, we'll if, see. If you're in the Eastern Conference, you got to play uh, uh the Sixers. I mean, you know, who who better than to get Serge? <laughs> you know? No, I really think the championship run helped him. Yeah. yeah. It helps guys. And also, I think Nick Nurse's offense helped him. He just looks way more comfortable yeah. as, as, a, as a five, which that's why I'm a little bit curious why they keep talking about him playing a four, just because, like, I kind of i am out on that idea. But yeah. I'm not really with the Pascal playing the three, too, but um, I guess it's happening. Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about Pascal, because we didn't really talk that much about Pascal. Pascal's a mixed bag, only in the sense that, like, I thought he was going to come out and dominate, yeah. and he just never did that. Yeah, he didn't really stand out in the way that maybe you would expect. He didn't take a single pull-up jumper or any sort of stuff that he's been working on. Yeah. He's been working on a lot of, like, post-fadeaways, mm-hmm. jumpers. But I, I don't think it's comfortable for him to pick his spot yet. Like, it's not in his mind that, like, this is one of the shots I'm going to. Mm-hmm. He's still very much, like, if you ask Pascal to create offense, it's it's still going to be similar to what he's doing, like, post-ups. Yeah. You know? Like, it, it he did run a couple pick-and-rolls. Mostly it was a passer. Didn't really look to score on those situations. And that's something that he just has to get, like, more experience in. I'm not saying, I'm like, this is not going to work out for him. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't go from zero to, like, com- it's not a finished product overnight. Oh, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, you yeah. got to throw him into the fire this season and just let him just let him do his thing. Let him, like, you know, run some plays for him at those spots or whatever. Yeah, yeah. See what happens. But, again, I go back to, like, you know, I think him playing with Kyle oh, yeah, yeah. will help a lot. Yeah. Kyle, man. Yeah. Wouldn't be great if you're out there. Kyle, man. Yeah. Sign that legacy contract. How much you paying Kyle? <laughs> what did I say on the show? <laughs> I don't know, man. Three. I, I think I said three years, sixty. <laughs> Drank a bunch of like panda drinks and I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Shay. Shout out Shay Tao. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Shay Tao. Watch run it back. Go on the Yahoo Sports Canada feed. Watch all the videos. YouTube. Shay Tao sounds like an actual person. Yeah. So Shay Tao is the Asian themed bar where we filmed our first episode this week yeah, yeah. it's good spot in quebec city there's not that many spots that we were able to hit up but yeah the arcade bar we went to last night was cool mcfly mcfly yeah it's all right yeah wow had a lot of red stripe alex was turning a an undisclosed age yeah i'm 35 all right i didn't yeah. want to put that i'm out retiring there. when i'm 50 so we're gonna do 15 seasons of run it back yeah, we're st- I mean, we could talk about the championship for 15 years. I'm down. Man. Run it back is you wrote my... a whole book about it, so we could just go page by page. <laughs> Run it back is my retirement fund. Man, All right. This is not going to age well when, when the show gets canceled next It's month. not doing that because the fans are going to support the show. That's right. They're going to support it. You can watch right. it on... Uh, if it gets canceled, you protest. Yahoo Sports Canada YouTube page. You protest at Jurassic Park. Sure. Why not? Well, anything else we got to cover before we got to go? No, our Uber Eats has arrived. Oh, yeah, yeah. So dinner's here. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and, yeah, so the Raptors wrapped up training camp here in Quebec. It's pretty, yeah, I don't know, it's decent. It's fun. I like Quebec City. Yeah, and it's what, like. What are your thoughts on Quebec City? I, I love the, the the French reporters that at every single scrum. <laughs> so you're going to ask me now. Asked Nick Nurse about what he liked about Quebec City. Like, just like every single time. Which, I mean, I don't blame him. But at the same time, like, come on, man. So, anyway, Alex, what you? Uh, what was your favorite thing about Quebec City? Yeah, I had a chance to walk around old Quebec today. 
Yeah. You joined me for a little bit of it. You know, we had a Tunisian food. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Good call. Went to a museum, learned a little bit about monasteries. Yeah, that was a little freaked me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And the lifestyle um, there was checked out the strange. Was it Citadel? The Citadel, yes. Good views. Yeah. We sound like uh, the tourists that come in from the Safeway. A lot of Asian tourists. That's just everywhere in life. I thought man. I was going to bump into my mom, to be honest. I told you, man. Like, I was in Halifax, and, like, there's, like, a place near Halifax called Peggy's Cove, which is pretty popular. People go, you got to see, like, the rocks and the lighthouse and, and the Atlantic Ocean's there. It's nice. Um, but it's, like, it's just, like, a small fishing village or whatever. It's not even a village. It's, like, ten houses. And I was there, and they had, as one of the food carts there, and there was maybe only two food carts there, one of them offered lobster congee and i was like asian <laughs> tourists are everywhere it's amazing so we're gone too far man it's we, like a congee wong pop-up we yeah. don't we i mean like i mean i i appreciated it i almost got out of the car to get it <laughs> even after eating a meal but also at the same time like come on man we're making peggy's cove serve congee that's also my favorite thing about asian tourists like you know they always have their selfie sticks and they'll be asking other people to take photos for them yeah and like obviously like with us like a lot of us post our photos on instagram yeah, yeah. and you know follow willu fits on instagram <laughs> will is now on instagram okay yeah um, I, I definitely control that account that, that's definitely me and oh else. yeah yeah i don't know why that person's writing in all lowercase kind of weird yeah wow but it's almost like a telltale sign yeah but where do all the photos go when the asian do- it just goes in their wechats and it goes they're like WeChat, what's up yeah. and like that's it you know you know us asians we're in mad group chats photo albums my parents used to have a lot of photo albums. Every every time I go home to see my grandparents, my yeah. grandma gives me her phone, which is like has very limited memory and it's an old phone. Whatever, she doesn't need to use it for anything other yeah. than WeChat. But she's just like, "Can you delete all my all? Can you wipe the memory so I can delete so I can download more <laughs> photos on WeChat because I can't even load them anymore." That's, yeah, I just I, I just wonder where all, I just wonder where all the photos go. You know. Yeah. That's what we do, man. Yeah, we wear visors. We go as a group. Yeah, no, as long as you can bust there, they'll go. Yeah, as long as there's a bus route, yeah, they're there. So shout outs to Quebec City. Shout outs Quebec City. Yeah, um, what I really like, I, I like the Museum of Civilization. It was really cool. I like to learn about the history of uh, the Quebecois. Uh, learn there was a great exhibit on Aboriginal art. Um, yeah, that was cool. If yeah, you're, if, really, if, if you're really, between the ages of eleven and thirty, you get a special rate, which wow. I really appreciate because I, yeah. I don't I no longer get the student rate. But this one was like if you're I don't know. 11 to 30 is a weird range, but I yeah. fit under that, so I was happy to pay 11 bucks. No, museums are cool. I've come to appreciate that later in my life. Used to find them really boring. Yeah. Now I'm like, yeah, it's cool to get educated about history. Yeah. Before the world ends. All right. That does for the podcast. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Watch, run it back. For Kieran's sake, run, watch, run it back. And for Please. our sake as well. Click it twice. You click it on all your platforms. Send it to one of your friends. If you have like multiple, I'll be, bu- I'll be buying clicks anyways. But just help me out. If you are, if you have multiple Gmail accounts and you're watching it on Chrome, like switch your accounts. Yeah. Then click it with each one. Yeah. Go to go Please. to a, go to an internet cafe. Bring four friends. Yep. Download a VPN. Yeah. Before you play Counter Strike, just click on Run It Back. Counter Strike. This guy, man, showing your age. <laughs> Commerce. Yeah. Wow. All right. That does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, for me and Alex, or we're signing out from Quebec.